Hi there, and welcome to the Rashcast with Jake and John. I'm Jake. And I'm John. Uh, so, uh, today is February 9th, 2020. The Washington Nationals are still reigning world champions. You sure about that? Uh, I will check. I'm not wearing my hat right now, so uh, there's no way of being sure. I am wearing a national sweatshirt, but not my World Series champion sweatshirt. So You didn't throw out all of your non-World Series champion Washington Nationals stuff as soon as they won the World Series? I burned it all. As well you should. It's useless now. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't say World Series. Actually, I wrote Sharpie on all of it. It says World Series champion. That would be a much That's better really way. really terrible. Oh, I bet. I worked on all my clothes, actually. <laughs> I wrote a lot of nice shirts. Yeah. Suits. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, tuxedos, all that. Yep. But anyway, tuxedos. <laughs> we know how many own you own mm-hmm. as a butler slash waiter slash exactly. occasional penguin. But uh, this episode, I don't think we're really talking much about the Nats. We are not. Really. As a matter of fact, we're going to start talking about the team that they beat in the 2019 World Series. Uh, yes. What team was that, John? That was the, the Houston Asterix. Ah, the Asterix. Got oh, you got them. Get, get it? Oh, get wow. It? That's so embarrassing for them. More like the more like the Houston trash throws. I don't get that one. No, neither did I. I read that online. Yeah, never re- never yeah. believe what you read online. Yeah. Anyway, the Astros. It came out this. You know, so we didn't actually talk very much about the Astros. Uh, Post when the once the report came out. Yeah. We did an episode about them early, way earlier in the off season, but that was in October when the the first revelations came out. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was November. I don't remember. It was November, yes. October, November. All that time seems... Can you believe it's been three months since the Washington Nationals won the World Series? It's a little, it seems weird. Yeah. Uh, it seems long and short. Right. Sense. And I feel like it's going to stay that way for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Where it's going to like simultaneously seem like, oh my God, how did we live through that? Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, man. There are, there are babies who are now three months old. Who can't remember the last time and that's won a World Series? It's crazy. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, trying to stay on topic, but Astros, Astros, right? So the the latest report, uh, obviously the the when the when the Astros received their discipline from Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred released a report. It was like eight pages long, and it detailed, you know, that the the scheme that we were talking about the the banging scheme was quote player driven and the the official narrative was that the astros team had a video room the players of their own initiative decided in may of 2017 that they were going to utilize that video room for illicit purposes where they were going to uh you know basically check the video the camera feed from center field they were going to take the signs and they were going to relay them via trash can but what came out this uh this week this friday uh jared diamond in the wall street journal had a report that uh said that basically that narrative of the the entirely player driven scheme was completely false uh the way that the narrative goes now as far as I can tell, uh, is that in in September of 2016, an Astros intern came to Jeff Lunau with a plan to develop an algorithm that would help decode signs uh, 
and it called they called it Code Breaker, which was the code breaking, and then what was the other one? Uh, the um, Dark Arts is the other. The thing, Dark Arts, which, God damn it, nerds! First of all, <laughs> don't compare yourselves to like the Code Breakers, like the the Native American right. people we had decrypting Enigma from the Nazis. Uh, second of all, like read another book or watch another movie. Dark arts? Come on. Uh, but anyway. Nerds. I know. David Price was right. The nerds did ruin baseball. David Price has, has been right about a lot lately. Uh, yeah. But anyway. We'll talk about David Price later. We will. Spoiler. Spoiler. Uh, but uh, so the, the thing that they did then was that they would use this, the, at least the idea behind it, was that they would use this scheme to decode the sort of, I don't know, you can call them encrypted signs, the, you know, the first sign, second sign indicator stuff that teams use when there are runners on base. They would use that, this algorithm to decode that, and then they would transmit it to base runners who would relay it to batters. Uh, and apparently the the thing that we are supposed to believe is that the Astros players then took it upon their own volition uh, to then implement the more extensive banging scheme and that Jeff Luno A, did not know about the banging scheme, but B... Banging scheme. I know, it's great. Uh, but B, didn't even know about Codebreaker, which... Apparently, Rob Manfred determined that he couldn't know about it or didn't know about it or didn't have enough proof that he knew about it because Lunau's excuse was that he didn't read his emails or apparently didn't. Relatable. Right. If you send him an email that's longer than one page, he won't read it. Even if Give he responds to it. Give him the TLDR. Even, I mean, he responded to these damn emails. And, like, we should mention that the Codebreaker scheme, even if even if this is true that the Astros didn't know, or that the Astros front office didn't know that the Codebreaker thing was being used in the banging scheme. Uh, the Codebreaker thing itself is still against the rules. Mm. So, like, it just, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, so, first I want to ask you, uh, do you believe the official story now? Do you, no, I, mean, I didn't believe it when it came out initially. I, I, it didn't make any sense. You can't have this system in place where just nobody knows what's going on with their baseball team. Especially There's a lie. With the There's Astros. A lie from the Especially, yeah. I accepted the lie because it seemed like the best option for Major League Baseball to kind of move things along. And I was fine with that. I didn't really care. I wonder if, I mean, it's interesting seeing some Dodgers fans' responses versus our fans' response. What my personal feeling is. Like, I would like the Astros to be punished more. I think it's maybe in the best... At this point, you, I don't know what you do as Major League Baseball. But it, it, was, it seemed obvious from the get-go that it was a lie, and I just didn't really care because we beat them. There's not going to be an uh, additional punishment. This no. is it. The, I mean... The... And, it, and it sounds like, you know, there was a report that the Red Sox punishment's coming out next week, and it's going to be even less yeah. than the Astros punishment. Although, obviously, probably not for Alex Cora. But no. he's already been fired, so that's not really a, a, an issue. Uh, 
so yeah, a lot of people had a problem with the the initial punishment in in the sense that you know it doesn't really punish the Astros very much. The Astros are still no. the overwhelming favorites to win the AL West this year. They're still, I mean, not favorites, but they've still got a pretty decent chance of being in the World Series. Uh, this is a good team, a great team, even. Although, frankly, we don't even know how good they are because uh, we have no evidence to suggest that they've ever accomplished anything without stealing signs at this point. I mean, do we have any like players who did really well in 2017 and then went to a new team in 2018? Is well, that like we, a th- we have Marwin I mean, Gonzalez. I mean, Marwin Gonzalez was not... I mean, he had a down year in 2018... And then he did on the on the same team, and then in twenty nineteen the he also had a down year. Yeah, I mean I think that's just he was. I don't know, but um, yeah, twenty Jesus Christ, twenty seventeen and twenty sixteen six ninety four OPS, twenty nineteen nine oh seven OPS, twenty eighteen seven thirty three OPS. Right. Yeah, it was it was one of the you know the one year peak sort of thing, and it he got that way by basically stopping swinging and missing. Uh, and mm-hmm. stopping chasing pitches out of the strike zone, sort of thing that uh, really helps to know what pitch is coming to accomplish. Yeah. But it's it's interesting. I'm looking at the the roster in 2017. Pretty much that whole roster is still on the team. Yeah, that's yeah. that's right. And I mean, you go from 2016 to 2017, you see their strikeout rate drops tremendously from that time. Uh, mm-hmm. But but even even disregarding that. Uh, the problem I had with the report, apart from the fact that you know the Astros weren't really punished, is that the justification for the report, or the story that they wove in it, was an obvious lie. And it was, to some extent, like you said, a useful lie. Uh, because, yeah, it, it behooves Major League Baseball to say, we've isolated the problem, we've eliminated the problem, you know, and and the punishments that they gave to Lunau and Hinch are severe enough that I don't think teams are going to attempt this again. I agree. But at the same time, when you give, you know, when when you make the official story such an obvious lie, a, a lie that you know, as this, you know, the the Jared Diamond piece, all the information and it comes from a letter that Rob Manfred sent. Uh, sent Jeff Lunau to demonstrate what he knew about the offenses. Uh, so they clearly knew more than they put into the report. Uh, so it wasn't just a, it wasn't just an obvious lie. It was an intentional lie. Uh, mm. And when you stake your credibility on that intentional and obvious lie, you've got a problem because... Yeah, I don't think you can believe anything that Manfred puts out. Like, this report on... on, on that's coming out with the Red Sox. Like, it's going to be a lie. It's going to be a lie. It's going to cover their tracks as much as I can. And, I mean, there's nothing that we can do about it. I wouldn't... I saw someone suggest, you know, same way with the steroid era, congressional hearings, because you... If you don't believe what Major League Baseball is saying, then you might need to make this a bigger issue than it is. And by Major League Baseball blatantly... If another report comes out that shows more detail, then it may be time for another third party to take care of this. Yeah, I mean... I mean, how can you trust anything that Major League Baseball says anymore? That's what I'm saying. Like, there, there was how, a... can you be- how can you believe that if they make another report, you know, about another team, that it's even close to true? That's not just a blow up 
or a cover up of of these issues. Right. Which it probably will be. This is the I mean this is and the ap- no credibility. Right. This is the approach that so many so many problems in Major League Baseball this is the approach that Rob Manfred has taken. He's viewed it as a PR problem as opposed to an actual problem. And to some extent, it is a PR problem because baseball's, you know, baseball's credibility as a sport and the, the entire credibility of sports in general rests on the appearance of that credibility. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, if people don't believe that what they're watching is authentic, then you have the problem. Uh, and that that's a problem that sort of tugs at the sort of whole reason we watch sports. Uh, and you watch sports because you can believe, as opposed to anything else that you watch, you can believe in the authenticity of the outcome at the end. Uh, and if you can't do that with a sport, then that's really bad. But he, he's viewed this as a PR problem in the sense that he's wanted to do damage control through mitigation of the scope of the problem and through you know basically you know at the beginning of this it was sort of denying that there ever was a problem though he was presented with evidence that there was it was denying the scope of the problem i mean that's uh, yeah i mean you look at the same thing with the baseballs i mean first deny that there's a problem you say there's no difference in the baseball and then you admit that there's a problem but it's not it's kind of inconsequential it's it's you're right He's running this like a, I mean, it's what happens when you run baseball teams like a business is that any bad PR, instead of actually figuring out what the problem is, you cover it up and you make a PR move so you can keep doing the bad things. I mean, that's how a lot of businesses are run. Well, yeah, it's, it's not just that you're running like a business. You're running it. Yeah. But you're running it like a, a specific kind of business. You're, you're just doing a bad job. It's not even just like, cause it's this not in the interests, the long-term interests of the business of baseball. It's not. It's just. It's short-sighted. I mean, that's it's, how everything is right now with baseball. You know, with the TV deals and you know how these everything's making more and more money. You know, when these TV deals run out, what's next? You know, everything is so short-sighted right now. You worry about baseball ten years down the line, fifteen years down the line. Hell, I worry about it two years down the line. We've got a labor crisis. Yeah, that, I, don't think, I mean, I, I, I don't think they're locking out. There are too many issues. And I was there, there's, there's, no uniform, there's no uniform cause. Yeah. There's no there's, one man who's the evil. It's, it's right. the baseball's too divided at this point that there's not going to be a strike. There's no. Yeah. I don't think Tony Perez can unite the the troops in Tony striking. Clark. Tony Clark, not Tony. Perez. You're thinking of Tom Perez, aren't you? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> baseball DNC and politics. Yeah, understandable. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, that's yeah. I, I kind of agree with you. I was I was thinking about that today. I just I don't see, you know, there's no unity in the major. I mean, you look at this issue exactly. right here. I to say this. I, mean, uh, I think I think if to put my conspiracy theory hat on, you know, <laughs> Manfred intentionally causing a rift between the players' union in order to prevent a strike. Man. I don't think that Major League Baseball can do anything that nefarious intentionally. I, I think... don't know. I don't know. I think man, Rob Manfred is the type of guy to do something like that. No, I mean, that would be... 
I mean, it would be an ultimate rat fuck type of move. Mm-hmm. But I think they got lucky. And I think if they wanted to, they could actually exploit this the way that they... It functioned sort of that same way with steroids. Mm-hmm. where, But I, I don't think it was intentional by ownership, and I don't think it was inorganic. I think I think you're right that once players stopped seeing, you know, the uh, I mean, we haven't team... heard a single thing this season, this off season. Well, because one, the off season was moving and players got paid. There's still plenty of of talent out there who hasn't been paid yet. I mean, you still have a lot of free agents. Um, well, not, I mean, the only not high end free agents, but like just other than Yasiel Puig, yeah, it's his own roadshow. We should explain why he's not signed. Yeah, yet. it makes it makes sense why Puig isn't signed. But you haven't heard anything about you know player versus owner, player versus team, even really with this Mookie bet stuff, which kind of segues us to our next topic. But but I had more to say about we can, this we can go topic. back. We'll go back, but we'll go there to our next. We'll, that'll be our next topic in a few minutes. But you haven't heard about as much about the teams. You've heard a few teams not trying, and you know some writers. But the writers are really saying like with this Mookie Betts stuff. Oh, Red Sox are saving forty to fifty million dollars. Like the fans give a shit, right? Like, well, yeah, I, <laughs> like, I it's know. It's a good trade for the Red Sox. They're saving all this money, but they're trading away a ten-win player. Trading away a ten-win player, and they're not dropping ticket prices. One, they're raising the ticket prices. I know, but I mean, getting back to the, I think you're right. I think, in the sense that, just like with the steroid era, when players stopped seeing this as a, you know. A matter of the owners trying to screw over the players, uh, and started seeing it as okay to, to put my to put your conspiracy hat back on. Uh, Why'd you get my the conspiracy f- hat? Oh, I've always had your conspiracy what hat. What was I wearing? You were just wearing a hat. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, my my hat has you know tinfoil lining to keep yeah, all that's, the that's uh, conspiracy the themes out. It's just a tinfoil right. hat. Yeah, exactly. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway. You know the fact that the fact that Manfred in his report targeted sort the of called it a player's yeah exactly called it a player-driven scheme. It served two purposes. First of all, obviously mitigation of sort of scope, but second of all, it it made it sound as though this was a thing done by players to cheat other players, mm-hmm. as opposed to a thing imposed by ownership on players imposed either explicitly by the front office office or sort of implicitly by the culture that the front office helped create exactly may i try to make this a player versus player issue instead of a player versus front office issue right and and that's that's the interesting thing to me about all of the other quote unquote innovations of the Houston Astros front office, this whole, these, you know, this so-called MVP machine thing, mm-hmm. uh, where players can improve themselves at, you know, in the short term at cost to themselves and at long term cost to, you know, if the Astros really do have a system that can turn any regular player into an MVP and there's, a lot of reason to doubt that that's not true. But if that is true, then you've got a situation where individual players will be making choices to improve themselves uh, and in doing so undercut 
the union as a whole because mm-hmm. if everyone is special then you know the players union has a lot less bargaining power mm-hmm. it, if you can just make another you know Marcelo Zuna or uh, Nicholas Castellanos then why would you pay the money for the actual one uh, yeah, talking, I mean but look at the guys the Astros I mean, Tuve yes is one of those guys that took a while but Bregman Correa the Springer these are all first round picks I mean I don't know who, who no who, that's that's what I'm saying like yeah. I don't there's a lot of evidence to believe. Like the Astros got where they got by trading for starting pitching and by having their top talent hit. Half of their top talent hit. I mean, it's the same and, thing. And the Nats are kind of similar. No, well, yeah, sure, but that the Nats don't claim to be special Except innovators. They complain to right. be. They they're very traditional. Right. I mean, and if you look at, you know, frankly, if you look at a team that the. Astros claim to be it's really the Dodgers Mm -hmm. the Dodgers have had an insane run of call it luck call it what you want uh, of turning late round draft picks into superstars lately Muncy, Uh, Turner yeah late round draft picks and and just rando guys Mm -hmm. Uh, Muncy, Turner but I'm also talking about Lux I'm talking about May I'm talking about maybe lesser extent Peterson I'm talking about Bellinger Uh, the point is that the Dodgers seem to be really good at doing the things the Astros pretend to be doing. Yeah. Whereas the Astros are the only team in history to have two first round picks, first overall not. picks, not make the major leagues. Yep. There have been three first overall picks to have not made the major leagues. Two of them were from this current front office from the Astros. Speaking of which, just real quick, did Mickey Montax ever going to make it? Mickey Moniak? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the problem with him was that he was a high school outfielder, mm-hmm. uh, and they take a long time to develop. But he's actually, I don't think, I mean, he's what, like 22 now? Something like that. Yeah, this is a, an topic. aside. Yeah, but, but you were talking about the Dodgers real quick. Now that can segue us. He's 21. Yes. He's still very young. That can segue us into our next topic. Good enough. I think we've covered the Astros stuff long enough. So we've teased it a bit, but, <laughs> um, but ooh, wait, I'm just looking at Montex's numbers, uh, Moniac's numbers. Not great. Hit, no, uh, I mean, 252, 303, 439. He's a, a 20, I mean, I don't know. Who great. knows? It's, he's 21, and he was a double A. He's not it, a top prospect, but he's, it's not like he's guaranteed to not make the majors at this true. point. Anyway, back to our original point. Um, there was a big trade that still hasn't happened yet, and it's been five days. Um, yeah. Red Sox making the move for some reason to move David Price and Mookie Betts to the, the the reported trade initially. Mookie Betts, David Price to the Dodgers. Uh, for the Dodgers would give them Verdugo, and the Twins would trade. Um, how do you pronounce his name? Brewstar Gratterall. Brewstar Gratterall, a uh, hard-throwing uh, pitcher to the Red Sox in exchange for Kenta Maeda. So that's the initial trade. And then the uh, Dodgers would trade Jock Peterson to, to the Angels. Angels for Luis Ranjifo. And also Ross, Ross Stripling. Oh, yeah. Wait, yeah. Ross. Oh, right. Ross Stripling is going to the Angels, too. Yeah. Which is interesting for the Angels. I actually like that move a lot. They – so, yeah – 
completely as an aside again, but yeah. Well, it's not aside, related, but... The Angels have a lot of... So apparently the Angels had about 600 innings of starting pitching last year of six ERA ball that they have to replace. If they can just get that to average, that is a huge leap forward for them. Yeah. Uh, and they got a bunch of, like, three, four starters in their rotation right. now. I mean, they're, they're probably not going to compete with the Astros and the A's in that division. But at the same time, there is a second wild card, and they do have a lot of talent. I don't know. You, you keep waiting for something to go right for the Angels. But, uh, I, again, they're a talented team. A lot of good offensive firepower. Sorry, hang on. They're a talented team, a lot of good offensive firepower. Uh, anyway, back to the back to the initial we're actually trade. talking about. So, Red Sox trading a ten a generational talent MVP, uh, ten win player year in year out, uh, and a pitcher who's still very, still good. He's still very valuable. I mean, I don't know how well he'll age towards the end of the contract. I mean, we're getting towards the end of the contract. Um, but he still was useful last year. I mean, he still injured. can be useful. He's injured, but he still can give you decent innings when healthy. Um, and you can point to some of the injury to the workload he had in um, 2018, too, in the playoffs, because he pitched a lot in the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. I, what are the Red Sox doing? I mean, they're getting nothing, nothing for Mookie Betts. They're getting Alex Verdugo. Who, yeah, domestic assaulting above-average hitter barely above average hitter yeah it's it's really really bad for the game this is a salary dump this is a salary dump of the best player the top three player in baseball it's not just that this team won 108 games two years ago in a world series they were not only did they win the 108 games i think it's important to say that they won the world series Mm -hmm. because but who won in 2019 you know, I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I know it wasn't the Houston Astros. No. Wasn't I know the they lost. Los Angeles Dodgers. No. Wasn't the St. Louis Cardinals. Wasn't Milwaukee, Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers. Huh. huh. Well, well, I'll have to look into that. Slipping my mind. Answer on a later podcast. Uh-huh. We'll come back. Uh, we'll find that next time. Exactly. A little cliffhanger. Uh, but not only did this team, you know, was this team viable two years ago, it, it struggled last year, yes, but, you know, it's still the same team pretty much as it was in 2018. Uh, actually, it may even be better because Raphael Devers has now emerged. And Xander Bogarts is better now. So, anyway. I mean, Bogarts uh, was an MVP candidate last year. Right. And then they had J.D. Uh, Martinez MVP candidate two years ago. Mookie Betts MVP two years ago. Devers could be an MVP candidate. I mean, a lineup with Devers, Betts, Martinez and Bogarts, and Benatendi. It's a risky profit. This team is based, for all of its really good offensive talent, its team is based on its starting pitching. And what went wrong last year is that all their starting pitchers got hurt. So it's a risky proposition. You know, and they have no pitching. No, well, they have lots of pitching. It's just they're all hurt. I mean, they, not even. I mean, they Eddie, still Rodriguez, have... Eddie Rodriguez was good last year. I mean, people like him a lot. I'm still... On the fence they have him. Sale, they have Price, Sale. Eddie Rodriguez, and, and Nathan Evaldi. But Evaldi was so bad last year. I am aware of and that. And hurt. 
and that's yes. the MO on Evaldi is his injury concerns, and that's one oh. major. Th- you can't bet on Evaldi at all. Well, they already did. I know, and that's kind of silly. Yeah, World Series hangover and all that. Yeah. But good uh, thing give anyone big contracts after a World Series. And a pitcher with an injury history. Uh huh. Yeah, imagine that. Could you imagine? But, no, because mm-hmm. uh, Steven Strasburg doesn't have an injury history anymore. Sure. It's been wiped clean. Sure. By his MVP performance. But anyway. Uh, all right, without yeah. looking. Without looking, can you tell me who their closer is coming into this season? Brandon Workman. It is. He's so, actually last yes. year. Yes, I can. He was uh, rated eighth overall by MLB as the eighth best uh, relief pitcher. He was really good last year. He was really, really good last year. So, yes, I can tell you that. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, it, it's sort of a risky proposition coming back with a injury-prone starting pitching staff and trying to compete with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. But at the same time... With the Red Sox. It's not, it's not an unrealistic proposition that all those guys stay reasonably healthy and this lineup produces and that they win the division and win another World Series. And they've seen the incredible financial windfall that you get from winning a World Series. And the fact that they're not even willing to try, that they, that a team would be so risk-averse as to not even bother to attempt a thing that they've already done is is really disappointing. And now they're going to be in this limbo zone where instead of spending $240 million, they're going to, you know, to possibly win a world series and get that windfall they're going to be spending 195 million dollars to probably not have that chance no and and just devers is on the up and up he was i mean between devers bogarts jd martinez and mookie betts they each their ops plus between the four of them 133 135 and 2 140s i mean these are above and above offensive guys you have in your lineup and who stayed healthy last year and can produce almost every day. And you're... This, that lineup can compete with anyone. And I think they got a little, a little spooked last year. And when They, they didn't get it, a little spooked. They, they got, got so spooked, spooked that they fired their GM. Yeah. I mean, they did have a train wreck of a year last year. Oh, yeah. A lot of things went wrong. But there's no reason that would have to happen again. That's true. I mean, I don't know. I don't think they should have traded bets in a salary dump because it just like could you imagine if the Nats said, "Hey, we're not going to resign Anthony Rendon after this year. Let's just trade him." Right, and they won the World and Series. They won the World Series, and like, the the Red Sox team that they're bringing back is like could have competed in twenty twenty. They had a pretty yeah, reasonable, they, realistic they would, shot. They probably would have needed Series. to double down though and invest. They need to get another starting pitcher or two. I don't know about that. I think I don't, you could... The rotation right now, without with David Price, because he hasn't been traded yet, is Eddie Rodriguez, Chris Sale, David Price. And then you have Evaldi, but you can't bet on Evaldi, and they don't have a fifth starter. Yeah, but they still have a guy who two years ago was the best starter in baseball. Yeah, and then and... big blows and injuries in back-to-back years. I know, but that's the point. Like, there is a... If you just let it ride and roll the dice with this team... There is a pretty good chance, not a great chance, that you end up with the 2018 team because all the guys on the roster are the same. So I don't, I don't see what would have been the harm in doing that. I mean, uh, the thing is, it's, I mean, the team is two years. I mean, you had, the team is two years older. 
You had an Evaldi who you could work with, who was saved and pitched and pitched well in the playoffs. You had David Price healthy, which you don't know if you're going to get this year. You had Chris Sale healthy for most of the year. Um, you had a very usable Rick Porcello as a four starter. I mean, it's the two years. To but have at the same time, the at this on on the rotation, absolutely. Yeah. At the same time, those guys are all still very talented. They're still very talented, but it's the health is very iffy, and that's something I would worry about as a team is the health of my rotation because I don't know how many innings you're going to get out of these guys. Sure. But, but that's point not an of, excuse. It's not an excuse to blow up everything and trade Mookie. That's Mookie what I'm guys. saying. No. Right. Because I, this team, you know, they would have to have some things break right with their rotation. Not everything, but some things. Because look how talented that that uh, offensive roster is. I mean, they you, wouldn't need to. you could have done something if you really, really wanted to be creative and say, fuck it, retooled and gotten a starting pitcher or two for Mookie Betts, like someone decent. Like... A get like um what's his name um redhead guy from the Dodgers um Dustin May Dustin May or someone you're having a tough time with names today I'm not very good with names um Dustin May or someone who you know May showed a lot of promise this year you know if you if you last year I mean if right, you want but... to get a good good package where you say okay we have enough offense we feel like our offense can survive. Without Mookie Betts, because it can't. You still have Devers, who's on the up. You still have Bet Bogarts, who was great last year. And you still have Martinez, who's an MVP offensive candidate. You're still. This is not. This is not a move that's designed to, to get the them better. to win, either no. this year or really in the near future. No, this is a, uh, team shed, this is a deal to shed contract. Yeah, and move on. They priced him to move, and mm-hmm. they're you know the truth is they probably weren't going to get that big. Uh, you know the kind of move that would actually, you know, wouldn't make them better in the near term, like the but it would Cespedes, make them like less the, worse. Like the Lester Cespedes trade, the kind of reshuffle. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't, that the probably wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that, that deal happens today, no. but, uh, and they weren't going to get a return that was so overwhelming that it would make them better in the long term. You know, it would, Obviously, it wouldn't make them better in the long term because Mookie Betts is the second best player in baseball. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, getting a guy like Dustin May or something like that, or, or Gavin Lux, a, a move that would, at the very least, get them a guy who could be a potential superstar down the road uh, and allow them to compete this year. That mm-hmm. probably wasn't going to happen. But that's the point. If that return is impossible, then what the hell are you doing? Why are you trading him? Yeah. Except for a salary dump, which you is know, exactly you, it. It's just it's very disappointing. Yeah. Uh, well, the trade hasn't happened yet. Uh, right. Who knows? It probably will happen. Uh, if it doesn't play. happen, uh, it's because of you, the fans. Right. Well, maybe. Yeah. If yeah. it doesn't happen, the Red Sox seem to have gotten skittish because people complained online. So yes, never say that posting does, exactly. Never say that posting hasn't made a difference. Uh huh. Uh, I just I just been around a lot of Red Sox fans because I'm here in Boston, and they're all just so heart distraught and heartbroken about this. Because I can they, imagine they know their team's not going to go for it. They're they're over it. They're really over the team. They're like, this is ridiculous. Why should I care? And at the same time, I mean, they got wanna... four World Series championships. Hey, in this your year, lifetime. this year for Boston has been a rough one. I mean, oh, yeah. possible end of the Patriots dynasty. Um, you know, Mookie Betts getting traded. It's been a rough year for Boston. 
I well, I'm I'm just so heartbroken about that. You know, they you know, only had one team make a championship. Well, they also had the Patriots win the last year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all. It's also very sad. All sad. Uh, wow, Boston. But you want to talk about the Dodgers a little bit? What this team trade means for the Dodgers potentially? Yeah. So the Dodgers. <laughs> So, yes, the Dodgers will be much, 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 much better with Betts than they would be without him because he's the second-best player in baseball. But the Dodgers have also decided that if they're going to get Betts, that they need to balance it out on the on the salary cap way. And, you know, like, they are trading valuable starting pitching depth uh, in Maeda, in uh, Stripling, Guys who have stayed healthy in the past and who mm-hmm. have acted, you know, like close, like Maeda has been a swing man in his career, mostly late in the season. Stripling comes in and out of the bullpen. But you look at this team, if they get rid of those guys and they bring in uh, Price, they've got one starting pitcher who you can count on, and he's 23 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest Kershaw. of them. Between Kershaw, um, Price, uh, Urias, Urias, yeah, right. They've got a whole bunch of question marks. They've got their their starting pitching staff is about seven guys deep. It'll be, uh, yeah, I mean Alex Wood we also didn't mention, but it'll be mm-hmm. uh, Bueller. It'll be Kershaw, Price. Urias, who has never thrown any innings, any length of innings, because mm-hmm. he's been, you know, missed two seasons with a shoulder injury. Uh, also then you've suspended got, for domestic abuse. Right. Only 15 days. It couldn't mm-hmm. have been that bad. And then you've got Wood, who, uh, you know, only threw 30 innings last year. And the Dodgers gave him $6 million to sort of, I guess they were envisioning him as sort of a swing man. Cause the they, Ross Crippling type. Yeah. But he's going to need to be their fifth starter. And then they've got Dustin May. As yeah, their sixth I mean, starter. They may could start a rotation for them. He probably won't, but he will definitely point. get in at some point. And then behind that, they've got Tony Gonsolin and, or Gonsolin, excuse me, and then no one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the truth is, like, they already had the second best right field situation in baseball last year. Uh, and I don't know, best. yeah, behind, uh, I can't remember who they were behind. They had the second best right field situation, because uh, Bellinger no, played Bellinger. mostly center last That's year. That's true. Uh, but, you know, they're going from like four wins to like seven wins there, which is, you know, it's a considerable improvement. And with the Dodgers, it's really hard to make an improvement like that, because they're so good everywhere on the diamond. But at the same time, like they're starting pitching is significantly worse than last year, or, or at least has a lot more downside potential. And they're both same with their bullpen too. I mean, yeah, they didn't. Jansen decreased last year in his performance, and you can't imagine that's not going to reverse itself. Yeah, right? it's going to reverse itself, and he's really the anchor of that bullpen. Hey, they got Blake Trinan. That's true. Who was also was terrible, terrible last, last year. year. And doesn't like pitching with people watching. He's very nervous. Yeah, he should have gone to the Angels. Yeah, hung out with his good friend Anthony. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. But yeah, I mean, everyone's like, "Oh, 116 win got better." I know you're talking about this a lot. But there are a lot of 
you know, the Dodgers, if you look at a team like the Yankees, you're like, man, the Yankees really have no holes. The Dodgers do still have holes. They still are, they well, they'd still be beat. They have, I mean, they were beat last year, and I think you can make an argument that the team last year, I mean, I don't know that you make the argument that they're better on paper. Now, the truth is that the Dodgers are probably not going to win 106 games this year because they win 107 it's really, games. No, it's really hard to win 100. There, well, there has only been one team in the post-war era to win more than 105 games in the ba- in back-to-back years. That is the 69-70 Orioles, who I believe won 108 both years. Uh, so just on an odds level, it's very difficult to see. And then. In terms of are they a better playoff team with Betts versus with Ryu, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think that starting pitching is sort of takes on an outsized importance in uh, in the postseason. I say this as someone who just watched his team win a World Series with six pitchers total. Uh so I I don't I don't think that the Dodgers are a very 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 good team. They are they maybe without Mookie Betts might have been challenged in the division uh, by the Diamondbacks or less likely the Padres. But at this point, they're going to win that division. Yeah, I mean, it's not uh, really a question. No, it's not a question. I mean, uh, it's a competitive division though. It's a lot more competitive this year than it was last year. I mean, the Rockies didn't get any worse this year than last year, so they'll be about the same team. Um, Diamondbacks, you could say, got better. I mean, they did get better. They got Marte. They, they unequivocally got, got better. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you look at with between Granky, the loss of Granky from the beginning right. of last year versus the piece Bum-Gar. of the ad. And I still think they're better without Granky by getting Bumgarner, by getting Marte. Um, so they're a better team this year. Um mm-hmm. Padres. They won 84 games last yeah. year. They weren't bad. No, they weren't. Padres are going to get better, you know, with time. A full season to tease. Um, yeah, that, a great bullpen. We, just, we talked about it a little bit. We talked. No, we didn't talk about it. We talked about it off, we talked about it off, off mic. But the Padres, you know, they just made a trade yesterday for Emilio Pagan. They're going to have probably the best bullpen in the NL. Um, right. And with, yeah, a full year of Tatis. Um, uh, Machado probably settle in a little bit. Hopefully he's not terrible. I mean, he wasn't terrible. He just wasn't good. Um, so it's going to be a tougher division, which makes me believe that the 106 team will be hard to win again. Yeah. And the NL is just also a little bit better through and through to this year too. I don't know about that. Well, I, I don't know that they're apart from the Reds. I mean, what team in the NL has unequivocally gotten better? The Phillies. They didn't really lose anything. They only added. That's true. They added Wheeler. Um, uh, other the teams. Braves took a step back and a step forward. The Nats yeah. took a step back, you know, mm-hmm. inevitable. But yeah, uh, the Mets didn't really do anything. No, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. For them. They lost Wheeler. They lost Wheeler, and they yeah. replaced him with Rick Porcello and Michael Walker. Ooh, big moves. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, they also have a full I, year of Stroman. They will have a full year of Stroman. Uh, they had a lot of weird things go wrong for them last year. But that's that expected. You got to give. It's expected. On paper, I would say the Mets are probably the best team in the division, but I I'm not going to predict them to win the division because something's going to happen. It's the gonna, Mets. 
City Field's going to get hit by a meteor or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was this, this whole story came out last week about the Wilpons botching the sale of the Mets. They were standing. They were due to make two point six billion dollars. They signed on the dotted line, and then they realized, wait a second, if we sell the Mets, then no one has to care about us anymore. And then they backed out. Man. Uh, but my point, larger point, is you know, are the Dodgers a very good team? Yes. Are they the favorite to? Are they the favorite in terms of what I take them over any other team to win the pennant? Yeah. Absolutely, yes. But would I take the field over them at this point? I think I would. I think their odds to win the pennant are less than 50%. I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. It's hard to win a pennant. It really is. I was surprised that the Yankees' odds to win the pennant is less than 50%. Yeah, I mean, because there is still one other super team. There's still the Astros. It's still the Astros, A, and there's still a bunch of things that can happen. And a lot of teams in the AL got better. I mean, not the Red Sox. Angels. Decided to punt. Blue Jays got better, better. but they're not going to compete. But the Blue Jays got better. But that Uh, just means that there are fewer wins in the division. I mean, Red Sox and O's kind of cover that. O's. O's. I'm still so mad at them for cutting their best player because they didn't want to pay him. But I also don't like the O's, so... Yeah, I know, but I just... I would prefer that teams, at least, if you're going to go through like this big-ass rebuild that's going to be miserable and everyone's going to hate you for it, at least don't give them extra reason to hate you. Yeah. Go but then the, the, the Twins got better. Twins. The Twins White are... White Sox got I, better. The Twins are, I, I wouldn't call them a super team, but they're, you know, they, they won 102 games last year. They added some pitching. I mean, they added, Rich Hill. they added Rich Maeda. Hill, Homer Bailey. They retained Odorizzi. Yeah. They added Maeda. Like, Potentially. Probably. Probably. Uh, and it's I, not nothing. And I, uh, I I think Barrios is very good. Going to take a step forward. I, I, I mean, I always say that about him. Yeah. But I, I'm a big Barrios fan. I think he's got great stuff. And they added, you know, they made the biggest additions offensively of any team. And they yeah. added to a team that, you know, just set the home run record. Sports home run record. Yeah. Like, they're a very good line. They have a very good lineup. Very They've good got lineup. a decent enough pitching staff. Like, there are no glaring holes in their rotation. If Byron Buxton can take yeah, another step. Yeah, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> oh, We've Buxton. waited too damn long. Yes. Uh, uh, no, they're a very good team. I don't, I'm not, <laughs> I disagree. It's going to be tougher. Yeah. So I'd say the Yankees, you know, have less than a 50% chance. I'd say the Dodgers have less than a 50 chance. I'd take the field over both of them. Um, yeah, I mean, would I, if I had to predict right now the World Series, I'd say Dodgers Yankees, but you know, the sport isn't quite wide open. Exactly, it's, it's not as wide open as it was in 2012 or wherever. Yeah, but at the same time, there is going to be a lot more competition this year than there has been in sort of the last three or four. Yeah, and I think that's that's good for baseball. There are going to be actual pennant races this year. Yeah, I mean, I think. I, I would agree. I mean, the NL, the AL Central might be an interesting. Will probably be an interesting race. Um, AL NL West NL East. Sorry, NL East will be very interesting. NL yep. Central because only one team got better, one team got way worse, and three teams kind of stood on their hands. NL Central. Yeah, NL Central. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, I think the AL West could be interesting. Could uh, be, yeah. I, we'll not the, Angel. the Angels. I mean, the Angels could take some Angels, steps forward. The Angels could listen. 
if they get enough innings, that offense can do a lot. They probably need an ace. They probably need a, a, a one starter or some guy to step up, and they don't have that. But that lineup can, if they can get innings from that rotation, that's exactly what the rotation's built to do: is to get them right. innings. And well, you know, everyone overlooks the A's who won ninety-seven games last year and, did and didn't do anything to get worse. Didn't do anything to get better. No, the but they, they, you know, they made a couple of small moves. They didn't trade Simeon. Good for right. them. They didn't. They didn't tear down. And then you look at the Astros, who's three, four, five in their rotation is Lance McCullers off an injury, uh, Brad yeah, Peacock Kitty. and Jose Urquidy. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not the world-beating rotation that it was a couple of years ago. And who knows how their offense is going to be? Right. It's true. Uh, I mean, it's it's very true. We've never known them without cheating. Yeah. Uh, and. You know, I, I think this will be an interesting season as opposed to some of the other seasons that we've seen in the past where uh, the outcome was known from the jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one other thing I want to say uh, is that, you know, I, I said something earlier about the Astros that I sort of want to rephrase where I was talking about this being an ownership-driven objective. Uh, and I was talking about how it was an ownership-driven move to sort of make the players do something like this. Uh, But I don't think that's exactly what I meant to say. Uh, I don't want to make it sound as though I don't believe the players have any complicity in this scheme. Uh, You always have a choice to act ethically or unethically. And you always have lines that you should be willing or unwilling to cross. And I think that the, the players failed here. And we deserve some accountability from them as well. And we haven't seen it. And it's been really gross to and me. And in the media, whenever someone says, sorry, but, ever, the media's like, oh my god, look how great of a job this guy did. Right. Like with, <laughs> with um, uh, Keiko. Yeah, well, Keiko wasn't sorry, but it was, well, yeah, we cheated, but it's not like we cheated on every play. It's like we constantly As cheated. if that made it better. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think that we as... I don't know. I don't want to say we as baseball fans deserve because that's too sort of cloying, but like it would be very good for the sport if Alex Bregman and George Springer and Jose Altuve offered a sincere apology for what they did, you know, this spring training. But yeah. I don't see it's, that happening. Oh, it's not happening. They've had chances already. No, they they don't seem to be contrite about it at all. And that's really disappointing to me. Yeah. But, well, uh, anyway. Anyway, but you know what? Speaking of spring training, you know what's starting this week? Pitchers and catchers report. We're getting closer and closer to the start of spring training. I mean, it's... Yeah, it, we'll it, finally have I like it was a short offseason for us, so... It was the shortest offseason in Nats history. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so... We'll be back. Pitchers and catchers report will be... Back next week to talk about grainy photos of Nats pitchers throwing bullpens. Who is, in fact, in the best shape of their lives. It's true. We have so many things we'll have to discuss. We will. But until then, we'll see you next week. All right. See you next week.